Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feezy. That was very meditative, thank you. Uh, going from that to a uh, favorite story. So man is climbing down from a, a mountain. He's pretty weary because he climbed up there, but he, on the way down he's past a, a monastery and they had a couple of horses out there. I said, man, I'm, I can hardly walk down. I've got to get down tonight. Can I borrow one of your horses? I'll return it tomorrow. And they said, yes, but it's a religious horse. It's a spiritual horse. And to get it to go, you, you have to say, thank God, and the horse will go. And when you want to stop, you, don't, you, you just say, amen. Uh, I said, okay, uh, thank God. And they start going along and then gets on a little further on the mountain. And then all of a sudden there's a precipice and, there, and, a, and, a, and a cliff because the horse, he thanked God a few times and the horse is going faster and he can't remember how to stop. He says, whoa, stop. And then all of a sudden he's, oh, amen, amen. <laughs> and the horse stops just before this, this cliff and going off the cliff. And he wipes his brow and says, thank God. Well, that's the message. Uh, <laughs> thanking whatever image you may have of, of God, um, I encourage you to have your own image of God. God, I think, is a metaphor, uh, but uh, it's in a very significant, it's not, it's not, it's not nothing. I think it's something. Um, but to be thankful every day of our lives is, is, I think we have to be reminded of it. Last week, the message was all my possessions for a moment of time. Quote is from Elizabeth I, I think 17th century, as she was nearing her last breath of life. And I spoke about the significance of each moment we have in our lives and to encourage you and me to live our lives knowing that every minute really is a precious gift and treat each moment each minute each hour and each day is the incredible experience that really is even though I think we all know this basic premise of life I think we often forget the value of each moment as we often try to even just get through and sometimes survive each day and I think it is possible to interpret significance of a moment even when we might feel ourselves in a survival mode some days. And I think the message simply needs to be a regular reminder, which I was doing last week. Uh, and it's, it's, we know this, I think, uh, but we, it's something we just have to be reminded. It's sort of like, and I'm uh, looking at, at Bruce over here because he's a great tennis player, trying to remember when you play tennis or pickleball, you, you have to, <laughs> it's smiling, uh, you have to look at the ball as you hit it. And that's one of the first tenets you learn in playing tennis. Look at the ball when you, when you hit it. But I forget every other point to look at the ball. It's just, it's just one of those little rules that you have to keep reminding yourself. Uh, and, you know, when, you, when you're watching uh, a tennis match on TV, I've never been to a pro tennis match. Some, someday I will. Uh, 
But when they do a replay of a, of a, of a tennis player, a pro tennis player is playing play all of his life, and the, you show that slow motion replay on TV, their eye is always on the ball, no, no matter what. And I think they're conditioned to do that, but maybe they have to remind themselves as well as a pro who's been hitting millions and millions of balls every day. So anything, I think it's an ongoing reminder to keep our eye on the ball and to live Keep our eye on every moment of every day is significant and I would call it sacred moment of our lives. And I would say I think this is more important uh, when we get older. After a certain age, we, we get to a different, I'm speaking from experience. After a certain age, we get into a different time zone, not just different parts of the country, but in completely different time, a time zone that literally goes faster. Each year, it increases in speed as we get older. It also seems that our bodies decrease as time increases. I officiated at a very fancy wedding on top of Aspen Mountain last Saturday. Nice couple and people, but it was very elaborate wedding in many ways. Uh, getting on top of the mountain is a terrific place to have a, a wedding on the wedding deck there and tremendous view, nice weather. Uh, everyone was in black tie and, and not just dress, gowns. Ladies were in satin, fancy gowns. It was all very, and there were flowers everywhere. Uh, the sun deck didn't even, it was in the mountain club for our hors d'oeuvres, and then the, sun, the sun deck didn't even look like the sun deck. There were flowers everywhere. Anyway, everyone looked great. Well, they were from Dallas. <laughs> Am I going to get in big trouble for uh-huh. saying that? There was from Dallas. I want to welcome all the people who are online, too. And if anyone's on Dallas listening... People are wonderful from Dallas. Why is it that you, I just said they were from Dallas? That's all I said. You're the ones who were laughing at that. It's not my fault. They sent me pictures, which I usually don't get, but I got an email with all these pictures and beautiful pictures. Um, and then there were just a few of me, and I, I looked at them, and I really could not quite recognize me. It's like going to one's 50th school reunion, which I've done twice, high school and college, and thinking that everyone else looks older (laughs) until you see your own picture. Now, this also happened about a month and a half ago. Uh, And uh, it was the 50th anniversary. I'm going to be talking about a 75th anniversary. 50th anniversary of the Buddy Program, which I was involved in helping to get uh, started. And let me see. This is the picture is the front page of the Rolling Stone magazine. Okay, it wasn't the Rolling Stone. It was the Aspen Times. <laughs> now, I am, I am not bragging about this in any way, shape, or form. This is a picture of me. I'm frowning. And I look very, very old. Uh, and people, there was a few people who came up and saw your picture in the paper, and I simply said, that wasn't me. I don't know who that was on the cover, because it's, it's simply not me. Uh, 
But fortunately, uh, now Julie Lampton right here, she sent me some pictures from last week. Of, of, and and it's, it's better. And here I'm smiling. She sent one of me smiling here. So thank you very much, Julie. I, I, I can handle this picture. The others, not so much. And I'm just thankful that I look at my pictures. That I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, this was in color. I don't have a color printer. But um, I'm thankful that my hair is still blonde and curly. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? Um, just a few days ago, Allie Margot in the paper, aging gracefully is a matter of perspective. And, and she says about looking at pictures of herself and realizing that she's getting older as well, in past her 50s, I guess. But she does say, I'm grateful to live in a place, Aspen, where a healthy lifestyle is not only achievable, but enjoyable. I'm surrounded by great uh, athletes who remind me it's not about how we look, but to maintain our ability to go out Uh, about how we look, but to maintain our ability to go out into the mountains and be able to do the things that we love, no matter what age we might be. Uh, At the end of the day, she says, at the end of the day, it's not about how we look, but how we feel. And then she says, maybe being over the hill isn't so bad after all. (laughs) I like that article. (laughs) So next month, just in a... A couple weeks, a few weeks. Um, October 19th, to be exact. If you want to write that down and all get together and get me something, you can do that. Because <laughs> it's a, it's a, I think it's a landmark time. Uh, I'm going to be, I can't even believe I'm saying this because my mind does not comprehend. I'll be 75 years old. 75 just seems like you're officially old. I mean, it's even more than 70. It's 75. And this is a really a long introduction to say that it will also be 75 years ago, next, next year, that Albert Schweitzer came to Aspen to speak what was called the Goethe Bicentennial, which became, as most of us know, became the preface to a cultural renaissance of Aspen in the beginning of the Aspen Institute, the Aspen Music Festival, and the International Design Conference, And in many ways, it helped to put Aspen on the map, even to popularize skiing in Aspen because of this. More people heard about it. It was my transition to go from making every moment matter and sacred to emphasizing Schweitzer's theme for his life, which is reverence for life, a phrase that Schweitzer embodied So I simply want to remind you and myself to share two important principles at the age of 75 to simply remember, consciously remember, to enjoy every moment, even when some are challenging. And then think of that phrase. It was in Schweitzer's mind every day of his life. Reverence for life, for all of life. Reverence to revere In Schweitzer's native language, which he spoke here, I think it was a long speech, by the way, the words, I have the speech, reverence for life, are Erfurt war dem Leben. I've had about three years of German. I can hardly read it. Erfurt war dem Leben. 
And this German phrase can also be translated in English, not just reverence for life, but to be in awe of the mystery of life. And there is mystery in life. There can be a significant similarity between reverence and awe, A-W-E. Last week I mentioned the Institute uh, lecture just a little bit ago entitled The New Science Awe, A-W-E, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life, Everyday Wonder. He said, he's a professor from, of psychology from the University of California, Docker Keltner. That's actually, that's his first name, Docker, D-A-C-H-E-R. Mentioned that since the pandemic, there's been a 30% more, 30% increase in anxiety and depression reported nationally. He said that this can be helped by being more cognizant of the moments of awe and wonder that really exist around us each day. You are able to interpret such and to deliberately take the time to fully comprehend these brief moments. This is him talking verbatim. He specifically said to make sure you find five minutes of awe and wonder each day. Five minutes. He also said be aware of the bigger picture at the same time. Bigger picture of life in which we exist and think of something vast that we are part of, such as nature and, as he said, spirit, spirituality, the bigger picture. Spirituality needs to be felt and experienced, he said. I love the phrase reverence for life. Hopefully we can just feel it now in this chapel, in this moment, and as Susan is playing the piano and the organ. It's not just a, a phrase, it's also a purpose, a goal, and mostly a way to simply and significantly live our lives. Maybe put it on the refrigerator, reverence for life. The etymology of reverence is simply regard, deepest respect, revered, veneration, Adoration, deification, worship, and apotheosis. That may be a new word. Apotheosis, by the way, means elevation to a divine status or a perfect example of quintessence. Quintessent means pure essence, the heart of the, every matter. In medieval philosophy or love of philosophia, love of wisdom, it is permeation of all things or all nature and forming the substance of the divine. However we might see that divine, everything is more than just what it is. The first premise of perennial wisdom or perennial philosophia, according to Rabbi Shapiro's book, Jesus Through Jewish Eyes, is divine reality exists. I know this is, can be subjective or a matter of interpretation, but when we do consider that, it can make our lives a little bit more divine. And then uh, Shapiro says, you know, it can be found in, in many ways, in many faiths, in many religions. That's what this chapel is about, interfaith religious. Call it God, Allah, Tao, Dharmakaya, Brahman, Yahweh, or Shiva. 
Here we are in Rosh Hashanah this weekend. There is one reality that is the source and substance of all. The divine reality is our truest nature. Just as a wave, as we've heard this analogy, which is a good one, just as a wave is not none other than the ocean, we are not other than God or part of God. We're all part of the bigger or greater picture of life, however you want to call it. Schweitzer made the phrase, the basic tenet of an ethical philosophy, which he developed into a practice throughout his life. He believed that reverence for life is a concept that develops from simple observation of the world around us. In his book, Civilization and Ethics, he expressed this in these words, ethics is nothing more than reverence for life. Reverence for life affords me my fundamental principle of morality, namely that good consists in maintaining, assisting, and enhancing life, and to destroy to harm or to hinder life is evil. <laughs> Affirmation of life is a spiritual act by which people cease to live thoughtlessly and begin to devote themselves to his or her life with reverence and order to give it true value. To affirm life is to deepen, to make more inward and exalt the will to live. To live life caring for others. Now, I've used uh, Bruce here for tennis. He's a good tennis player. And, and this is an aside. Uh, I got an email yesterday, just yesterday, and it said from, from Bruce, last name, email. And he has a favor to ask of me. And I said, well, what is it? I thought I'm asking Bruce Merrifield. That's what the email was. And... Uh, I said, what do you want me to do? I don't understand. Wanted me to go get gift cards from a store and $200 each and take pictures of them on the internet and send them to this Bruce. Bruce is trying to make some extra money. <laughs> it's just one example of a, you know, when they asked that in the thing, I said, Bruce, uh, how they got Bruce's email and my email and put two and two together, it's a scam. Million, we get all these things every day. We get on our computer and the phone. I guess all this say is that evil can exist. What is this person doing? Trying to cheat another person. That is not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't giving this example, but it just happened yesterday. That is not reverence for life. That is hurting another human being. Albert Schweitzer could not hurt an ant. Matter of fact, he had, in this hospital that he established, there were animals all around and he was criticized for it. He was an incredible individual, a complete Renaissance man, a minister, theologian, musician, physician, physician scholar, author, recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. He not only accomplished a great deal by being accomplished in three primary professions, but he pursued new ground in all of these areas of expertise. For example, he was not only an organist, but he learned how to take an organ apart and put it together. And this organ, I can see pipes cattywampus up there. We need Albert to go up there and fix that. He not only played the music of Bach, but analyzed the music and wrote about it for other musicians. And I believe, Susan, I didn't check this out with you, but said that she learned about his writings in Bach when she attended Juilliard, correct? 
He was not just a theologian, but he went behind the scenes of the biblical text to be one of the first scholars to be in quest of the historical Jesus. That's what I'm interested in. The real Jesus. Not the made-up one 60, 50, 60, 70, 80 years later in some of the Gospels. He was not only a physician, but he went further to specialize in tropical and African diseases as that hospital is still flourishing. He dove into life head-on. One of his famous quotes is, I do not know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know, the only ones among you who will be really and truly happy are those who will have sought and found how to serve another person. The only time Schweitzer came to the United States was to speak in Aspen. His bus exists in the middle of Aspen in the corner of Pepke Park. I've tried to remind people of this fact and more importantly what he shared about the reverence for life. In Aspen he said, Und dein Steben seis in Liebe, und dein Leben sie die Tat, which means let thy search be in affection and the, thy living be indeed in service. And he also said in Aspen, Goethe likes to call himself a pagan, but this does not mean that he considers himself irreligious. Instead, it indicates only that he clings to a religion which does not follow the tenets of dogmatic, of dogmatic Christianity. He asks teachers of religion to consider it their duty to conduct the faithful more and more away from traditional dogmatic forms and toward what he called pure faith, pure religion, pure spirituality. Get away from some of the dogma. Religion is the vital fusion of myth and, and ritual in community. When I say myth, not just it means a great story and truth of great import. He said in Aspen, true religion is not found in dogmas about Jesus, but in the religion of love, which Jesus proclaimed. Love is for Goethe the highest expression of the spirit. He cannot think of God, the epitome of everything spiritual, except as the fulfillment, simply, of love. That's it. Schweitzer concluded his speech 75 years ago. Quietly a God speaks in our hearts. Quietly and clearly he shows us what to seek and what to avoid. Above all the virtues, one thing rises, the ceaseless striving toward the struggles with ourselves, the insatiable desire to go forward in purity, in wisdom, in goodness, and in love. More importantly, it's not something that was just 75 years ago. He was ahead of his time. It remains, remains most meaningful for all of us today. Schweitzer was very progressive. We need to remember his message then for us to truly live fully today and into the future. I hope some others will remember this 75 anniversary next year, specifically next July. I hope the chapel will do its part. I've been in touch with the director of the Schweitzer Institute at Harvard. He teaches medicine at Harvard. His name is Dr. Lachlan Faro. He's been here before and hope to do it again for the 75th. And I hope the institute will go along. Both of us will just, Dr. Faro, will just happen to be, I believe he is too, 75 years old. Maybe we can wear a t-shirt, which I saw recently. It said in the front, I am not old at 75, I am a classic. <laughs> Underneath this t-shirt was a picture of a beautiful gold 1948 Cadillac. 
We were born in 1948. Another t-shirt boasts, it took me 75 years to look this good. <laughs> I think I need one of those t-shirts. Our purpose will be to honor Albert Schweitzer, who taught us and showed us to value the specialness and sacredness of every moment of life and to fully live out reverence for life. Thank you. Amen. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.